Hi everyone, welcome to Training with Casey, where we explore animal training and living our best lives with animals. I'm Joseph Laughlin, producer of this podcast, and now here's your host, Casey Covert. Let's get started. Hey Joseph, thank you for the introduction and Welcome, everybody. It's Training with Casey, and I'm Casey Cover, your host. And we are talking some more about metacognition today. And last time we ended by talking about how to build cognition. Cognition may or may not happen, but even when an animal or a person has learned many things, they don't necessarily know how to best use their skills. This happens to animal trainers all the time. I can remember myself when I started working with other people to teach them. And I would sometimes have to say, may I take the animal for a moment, please? I know what to do, but I don't know how to explain it to you. So I would then do what I unconsciously knew how to do, and I would observe myself. So I could then turn around and explain it to the people I was teaching, as well as to all the people that came after. And I see this again and again with trainers that are developing under my mentorship. It happens to the animals as well. They need to consciously understand what they know so that they can consciously choose to use that knowledge. So to build the cognition, we've got five steps. We're gonna build vocabulary. Remember, name and explain. We're gonna develop concepts. So vocabulary is labels and concepts are classes of things, classes of things that are shared or are different, basis of comparison. So yes versus no, over versus under, between versus around, left versus right, on versus off, and so it goes. And by working in opposing concepts, we make faster process with more confidence and more certainty for everybody. We're going to develop mental mapping. That is not just building building knowledge, but building an understanding of how this knowledge relates to other knowledge that has already been learned. So if the animal knows that it has toys, maybe you're going to talk about the kinds of toys, what the toys are made of, what the toys represent, how the toys are used. These are all traits that could be used to class the toys. You could have all the rubber toys. You could have all the leather toys. You could have all the wooden toys. You could have all the toys that are silent and all the toys that make noise. You have all the toys that look like animals. You have all the toys that are soft or hard, et cetera. So we're going to develop mental mapping. 
and we're going to exercise the ability to cross-relate knowledge. So we're going to routinely say, this is your left eye, this is your left ear. Can you show me your left ear? Can you show me your left side? Can you show me both your left ear and your left eye? So I'm asking the animal to respond by demonstrating that they understand what that is. Can you show me your left eye? I'll present a hand target and bridge the animal from moving that eye right into my hand target. And number five, you're gonna exercise these skills, knowledge and abilities regularly. Now let's go back and touch on an important set of ideas when you're building cognition. And that's degrees of relation. So it starts with, or it can start with, there's not just one way. Degrees of relation can have to do with looking at the thing from either a general perspective and get more and more detailed or you look at a little object and then you see how it's related to a greater object, or it could be a step in a chronological process. This is what happens first, second, third, fourth. It can have to do with this object and different aspects of its classes. You know, so is it a toy? Is it an animal toy? Is it a leather toy? Is it a leather animal toy, toy, etc. So we often start with food. And one of the most basic relationships that an animal has with food is knowing what they want. So we might put the food items right in front of the animal and ask, Here's two foods. Which do you want? And we present them both at the same time. And the animal can just reach forward and take the thing that it wants most. So we're asking, what do you want? And then we're giving them a chance to demonstrate to us, but also to themselves, which of those things they prefer. And then we can learn all this stuff about the animals because maybe they don't always prefer the same thing. Maybe sometimes at night they prefer peppermint and in the morning they prefer cloves, etc. And we can learn this by giving them choices. Next, I usually teach a word for the item. So if I just present a peppermint, the horse doesn't have to know the name peppermint. He can look and see that item and decide if he wants that. And if he wants it more than he wants a piece of carrot for example. But what I will do next is assign a word for it. This is a carrot. I could say this is a root vegetable or this is a wurzel or this is orange or this is a carb, whatever. But I have to pick a useful name, a useful name that is going to be something that other people are going to call it also or not, depending on what my needs are. So for example, for show behaviors, I would tend to use 
maybe wurzel instead of carrot because that's German for carrot. And people are less likely to erroneously tell my animal that they've got carrots for it because they don't know that, that particular word. Okay, so we assign a word for it. Then we let the animal choose, we assign something to represent that item that's represented by a word. Okay, so that's a little bit um, confusing maybe. So the first level is, here's two things to eat. I don't have to even name them. Which one do you want? The next level is, here is a carrot. Here is an apple. Which do you want? So we're starting to stress that these things have names. Now I'm going to make an assignation. Okay, I'm going to assign a single signal to this word. The thumb represents carrot. The finger represents apple. Do you want a carrot or an apple? The animal can then come in. If it's a horse, he's going to land on these three fingers and slide out to whichever side designates his choice. A dog will do exactly the same thing. This particular presentation is very useful to me. Okay, so now he knows the word and he knows that this toggle represents his choice for that word. We'll go on and we'll develop more understanding, more degrees of relation. We'll talk about the properties of the carrot. The carrot is sweet. Um, the peppermint is sweeter. These are both foods. This toy is your favorite, but it is not a food, and so on and so forth. And then we will keep developing things to the point that the animal is able to sort things by properties. Now, there may be more beyond this, but I haven't uh, gotten it all worked out if there is. I'm not even sure there is. I'm still doing a lot of work where we are right now. Okay, so we want to teach the animal classes of things. So classes of things could be yes versus no, this or other, this or that. Is it an apple or a carrot? Is it an apple or other? Do you want an apple? Yes or no? Uh, then we can talk about the classes of objects. Is it a tool? Is it a food? Is it a toy? Is it a friend? Is it somebody you know? Is it an unknown person? Did it happen yesterday? Did it happen today? And so we go. We can then sort by classes. We can sort by where we keep those things. So it's just another way of looking at the 
class at the list that we were just looking at before. So now let's talk about some useful concepts or classes. And some of them we've listed already, but let's do it again anyway. Yes or no, this or other, this or that, left versus right, on versus off, between versus around, higher, lower, faster, slower, smaller, larger, more, less, the number. Animals can definitely learn how to count and they can learn how many and they can learn the order of things. Those, those are different aspects of number learning. Gates, how many gates are there? What is exactly, what is each gate associated with? You know, like what are the pieces? How many footfalls in a walk versus a gallop or a canter or a trot or pacing? Exactly how do the feet move in each case? Um, that's something that's very valuable to know ourselves and also to teach horses uh, and when we work with them. We can also teach body parts, durations, distances, directions, activities. And here are some important activities. Wait. Go or execute. Like you can give a cue and teach an animal to remember that cue until they get the go signal. Another one is stop, leave it, drop it, go faster, go slower, press, press harder, give to pressure. And then you have activities and processes. So activities could be hoof trimming, grooming, cleaning your eyes, getting an injection, getting blood collected, getting a, a thermometer reading, eye exam, mouth exam, teeth filing, teeth brushing, mouth swabbing, it goes on and on. There are so many activity processes that are useful to explain to your animal. And let me just tell you, when you go to the trouble to explain activities to the animals and really look at them, oh my gosh, things get so much better. Let's say you have to trim the hair on the face of a dog and you're using these little sharp pointy scissors. It is so helpful to be able to say to the dog, I need to cut the hair on your face for the count of three. One, two, three, ready? Here we go, good, 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 good. Okay, that was one, two, three. It makes it so much easier for the dog to just stay steady because you gave him an achievable, measurable requirement versus, okay, I expect you just to stand here and be good until I finish your whole freaking body. 
And have I mentioned you look like you were a cactus? You just had so many mats and so on and so forth. Makes a huge difference. If you can say to the animal, you're going to get an injection, it will hurt, but it's only going to take to the count of five. Ready, set, good, 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 good. Okay. By the way, if you're wondering how I can translate a number to a number of bridges, we actually specifically teach that. And you can recognize how many seconds have gone by by where you are in your bridging pattern. Anyway, that's another subject for another time. All right, so now let's just review this entire thing about cognition and metacognition. Definition of, of cognition is the mental action or process of acquiring knowledge and understanding through three different processes, senses, experience, and thought. Definition of metacognition is the awareness and understanding of one's own thought processes. The fact that you may know something consciously versus unconsciously. That you know how to study something until you have ready access to what you've thought about and experienced. The fact that you have tools that can help you do that. And that you can test yourself to be sure that you've acquired the knowledge that you need to the level that you need. And by the way, we do this during proofing with our animals as well, right? We teach them whatever we need to teach them. We teach them in various environments. And then we combine both of those in the proofing process until we've tested, you know, a, at least enough different scenarios that we have a very good confidence that this animal is ready to succeed in real life. Then we talked about the reasons to care and we ended up with 13 of them and I'd love to hear if you have others. One is it can be very motivating to the animal. Two, the animal understands more. Three, he can think better and make better decisions. Four, he can be more self-directing. Five, he's happier. Six, he's safer to be around. Seven, he's healthier. Eight, he lives longer. Nine, you get more precise communication between the two of you, which makes you a better team, a safer team. You have more effective communication. If you use a word, he understands what that word means. You didn't just spew a random word out there that he may or may not understand. You have richer communication. You don't just talk about the name of the object. You talk about its traits. It's, um, you know, what classes, what characteristics it has, how that affects other things. This allows you, number 12, to accomplish more complex tasks and to accomplish them better as a team. And that is a lot of fun, getting more complex and better. One of my favorite things to do with Maureen the sea lion was 
we started out by having her catch rings on her head and she was so good at it. I saw that I wanted to make it more challenging. So I got these little flat Frisbee discs and I would toss one to her and she would catch it in her teeth. They were soft, so we didn't have to worry about that. Well, then she wanted to catch another one, but she still had a Frisbee disc. So what to do about that? Well, I taught her to throw it back to me. So then we got to the point where I could throw her one while she threw one to me and I caught it. And then I'd throw the next one and we could get up to three. That was fun. And we both really enjoyed it. So then how to build cognition. Let's say you're committed to doing that. And we're going to build vocabulary, develop concepts, develop mental mapping, which is how all those things relate. Then we're going to ex exercise the ability to cross-relate. And then after they're totally proficient and they really get it, we're going to continue to exercise these skills, knowledges, and ability regularly to keep the animal always able to apply these things. We talked about degrees of relation, that you can know what you want. You can know the name of it. You can know something that can represent it. For example, if you're going to buy something in a vending machine, you're going to pull a lever that's going to deliver a, you know, an item that you couldn't normally get from a lever. Okay. You're going to know the properties of something, how to sort it by property, how to compare it by property. And then we're going to continue to all explore where else we can go after that. And then finally, remember that there are so many useful concepts. Yeses versus no, on versus off, this or other, this or that, around, between, over, under, larger, less, more, smaller, bigger, sharper, rounder, erratic, smooth, jerky. These are all properties that can be very important. Pressure versus release. Stretching versus pulling. It goes on and on. Hey, I hope you've enjoyed this and I would love to find out what you're doing with cognition with your animals. And please leave it in the comments and let me know what you think about this, other things that you'd like to talk about and what you're going to do in this direction. And also, please let me know if you have ideas for other things you'd like to hear about. And I would sure appreciate it if you've enjoyed this, if you will like and subscribe and comment. We'd love to hear your comments. All right, everybody. Thank you very much. Take care and we'll see you soon. Hey, fans. Are you enjoying training with Casey? Don't forget to subscribe to the podcast on iTunes or wherever you get your podcasts from. Also, don't forget to subscribe to Casey Covert on YouTube. That is youtube.com forward slash C slash Casey Covert. Also, give 
the podcast a like, share, and comment. Thanks for joining us. Come back for more news and views on animal training and living with animals. Stay at the top of the pack with Casey. This is Joseph Laughlin, producer of Training with Casey. See you next time.